Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. Uh, he's been around. He's one of those guys where he's got a lot of talent, but he's kind of a knucklehead. Judd Zolgad. For someone who has done some amazing journalism, he's just a boob. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Hey, Judd, uh, credit to Brian here on Twitter, but... Yeah, you know uh, Billy Price and his family. Uh huh. When the Vikings eventually draft Billy Price in the first round, they like to go on vacations. I'm not sure if you knew this. Like, sure. They like to travel around. That makes sense. You know what website they like to book their trips through? No, where? Priceline.com. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> All righty then. Thanks, Brian, for adding to him. All right, Dave's got some questions here. If they take this kid, it's all over. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean by it's all over? Well, I just mean that uh, it's just done then. Rick, don't take take the guy. If they do, which one of us is off the show first, me or you? (laughs) Anybody. I don't know. I don't know. I just said it's all, it it could be the entire thing. You never know. You've been known not to hang on to producers and co-hosts. That's all I know. (laughs) Tough to play with. That's what I hear. Let's talk about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, I think everyone would agree throughout the NBA, those who cover the NBA, he works hard day in, day out, 82-game regular season. He works as hard or harder than anybody on the court. You'd agree with that? Yes. Yes. My question is this. Does that make him not a very valuable player in the playoffs? I see where you're going with this. When everybody plays just as hard? When his... I mean, his his value as a regular season player is that he's really good. So, what he makes up for in maybe a lack of talent compared to a few other superstars, he busts his ass every single day and maybe outworks them. Everybody in the playoffs, though, ups that level of work, and Mm -hmm. they're still really, really good. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. So, the the numbers would suggest like he's still the last three years in the playoffs. He's he's been in the playoffs three times since 2014. So, and he's been 22, 23 points a game, five, six, seven rebounds, four assists. So the numbers don't drop off for him. In fact, in some ways they might get a little better. But I like your theory because if his number one attribute is just being an energizer bunny, like Zach Parisi, like Zach Parisi is not the most skilled sniper. He's not the tallest, biggest player. He's not the most physically imposing guy. I mean, he's just scoring goals throughout his career and and generating production because he outworks everybody else. But then 
you can almost apply it more to Zach Parisi in some ways, where you get to the playoffs, and now like everyone's working really hard because it's the playoffs, and you get some time off between games to to recoup, re-strategize. Jimmy Butler definitely puts up the same numbers in the playoffs, but I could see how his advantage of being that energizer bunny would be mitigated when everyone is playing at a super high level. Uh, I'm going to go with I think with Jimmy, the answer is still it's a, he's still as productive in the playoffs, but his standout attribute is no longer standout when half the league is taken out of the equation and everyone's playing really hard. The answer to your question is a definite yes. Dave Harrigan. And here's why. Jimmy, if Jimmy went to a team that had an absolute superstar, Jimmy would be great in a supporting in a supporting role in which he was still a very important part of that team. But I think Jimmy's perception of Jimmy is that he can outwork you to the point where he becomes a superstar himself who can do things alone, and he simply can't. Now, d- does that explain his potential frustration with Cat? Perhaps it does. But if your question is, is does he become less v- valuable in the sense that he can't single-handedly will you to an NBA championship? The answer is yes, he can't. He can't, and he doesn't identify that, and he probably shouldn't. But if he went to Cleveland and played with LeBron, and now he is is working his butt off consistently, he's going to be almost certainly on an NBA championship team. But can he do it as the main focal point? No, he probably can't. Why, do why does he have to go to Cleveland to play with LeBron? Why can't LeBron come here? That could John? be your next question for all I know. Reckless speculation. <laughs> well, or they could meet up in Philadelphia. Certainly, if they or want to sign Angel- LeBron, or- you're going to have to pay the price. <laughs> oh, I just walked right into that. I just I got to clean the dog poop off my shoe because I just stepped right in that one. Should have seen it coming. Should have known. It's always going to end up with Billy. Oh, we don't even have to talk draft to get into it. All right. Uh, let me uh, throw the known. fantasy scenario at you. Think about which, uh, which NBA coach right now you would pick to coach the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right? Keep that name in your head. This past season... Tom Thibodeau's Minnesota Timberwolves were eighth in the NBA in offense per game, 109.5 points, 109.5. Defense, uh, they were tied for 16th in the NBA, 107.3 given up. So eighth and 16th respectively. Obviously, we know a seed in the uh, Western Conference, dealing with Jimmy Butler's injury for a little while, yada, yada, yada. Name that coach you're thinking of, and how would the season have played out? If the roster was shaped the exact same way, injuries were the exact same, just the different man on the bench. Brad Stevens is my name, and and I think the this season plays out with the Wolves being maybe around the same point or a little worse offensively, but defensively being much better. And I think because Stevens identifies so well with, with his players and, and he can articulate and get his points across – which I think Tibbs struggles to uh, to do because guys tune him out. Brad Stevens is the name I'm thinking of. And I believe also, if that's the case, they make the playoffs. They're probably a five seed. And the future looks incredibly bright instead of this, which is, I don't know. So, Brad Stevens. Uh, I was going to say Stevens too, but I'm going to also, I mean, Greg Popovich would be amazing, but I'm going to go, I'll go with, I'll go with with Brett Brown. I mean, like when you give that guy young talent, he's obviously able to mold and and get whatever needed out of young talent. 
Um, you know, Ben Simmons doesn't have a jump shot really. Andrew Wiggins is a is a bad shooter, but probably a better shooter than than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is one of the best players in the NBA already. So I think by just empowering Ben Simmons in different ways to to be this like seven foot point guard or whatever, six foot ten point guard, I think the unique way in which they've been able to leverage their pieces in Philadelphia has been fun to watch. And if you take the numbers that Dave threw out there, if you go so so eighth and sixteenth offensive points per game uh, and then defensive points per game, if you if you even out possessions. And and take everyone's value at a hundred possessions. The Wolves are bottom five defensively. So it shows you that part of the reason why they don't allow as many points per game is because they just have a slower pace. But if you if you even out for pace, then they're even worse than that. I think their defense would be much more, I don't know, modern in some ways. Like they're not defending the three point line. It's not an it's that you can't just keep saying that it's an effort thing. I mean, partial it's probably partially effort and energy because in game three it was a ramped up energetic defensive stopping team. But like in some ways they're just, I don't know. They're just not doing the thing strategically. It would seem like going underneath screens against the Rockets I seems like something you can one. point out on your couch. That's wrong. But I would say they'd be even better offensively and they would be even better defensively. I think there's a lot of coaches that could have coached them to exactly what they were this season, 47 wins and a quick first round exit. <laughs> Big day for Judd Zolgad yesterday and the misses. 25 years of wedded bliss. First yep, of all, thank congratulations. You very much. That's yes. impressive. Thank you. Very yeah, impressive. Yeah. Yep, long time. Uh, you ran out of here after the show saying you uh, had to go uh, grab the wife and what? You went to a charity fundraiser, a little yep. LLS, raised some money. After and that, nice South little Minneapolis, dinner. yep. And you don't remember the name of the I place you went to? I forget the name of the place, but it was very good. What did you eat? Remember that either? A lot of small food plates. Okay, a lot of small plates. Yep. Yeah, small plates. That sounds lovely. Some arugula? <laughs> no arugula. Any kale? Not this time. No kale. No kale. Would you have been able to identify if you had no. arugula? Last no, time? clearly not. You know the answer to that question. My question is, let's say the anniversary wasn't on April 24th. Okay, I've thought about this. But if the <laughs> anniversary were instead April 25th, yep, which happens to be today, yep, which also happens to be tonight, when there is a Game 7 in the NHL playoffs. One of the greatest things in all of life, a Game 7 in the NHL. How would the Zolgads have celebrated 25 years of wedded bliss had it been just one day later? Um, With an NHL Game 7 at 6 o'clock tonight, absolutely the same. Now, here's what I did think of, though. Let's take your question and move it to Monday night, Wolves' home playoff game. <laughs> we would have celebrated on Tuesday. So a game seven on TV, Bruins Leafs, which is going to be fun. I would not. I would have said we're still going out. I would not have. I would not have objected. One would bet. you have said we're going out, but we're going to Bunnies so I can watch? No, 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 no. You've got <laughs> next to Mike Tice. No, you, you've got you've <laughs> Mike Tice could have entertained her. Tice, he was there a couple weeks ago. Um, no, no. In all candidness, if the anniversary was today and it was against now the Wolves, I would have wanted to get home by eight thirty to see the Wolves game. I wouldn't want to miss the Wolves game. But if the anniversary had been on Monday night when there was a seven o'clock tip at Target Center, we would have celebrated on Tuesday. Husband of the year, right? I would there. not have gone. I, I would not have missed. The, I would year, not have missed the Wolves. Judd Zolgad, it's, everybody. It's ten minutes after eight. She's still got half a glass of wine. Come on, hon, down that. Let's go. <laughs> no, we gotta, we gotta go hit the road. <laughs> I gotta see it for work. Judd goes. It's part of the job. Don goes. Uh, can I get you a glass of wine? And Judd goes. I'll take some wine, but instead of a glass, I want it 
in a cup. Hey. Tonight is one of the great nights in sports. <laughs> and not to mention, that's probably expensive glass. What's the price on that? <laughs> Judd's done. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Wow, the suspense. It's a, it's a cliffhanger. Mackie and Judd. Cliffhanger. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. Came out, uh... Lack of days ago on both ends of the floor. Um, we didn't take anything away from them. They got whatever shot that they wanted, whether it be a three, a layup, a free throw line. Um, that, and whenever that happens, they score 50 points in a quarter. I don't think disappointing is the word. I just think that we know that we can be better and we have to do better. But uh, it's not over yet. It's still the first person to, to four, first team to four. Um, we just got to go and um, get one here in Houston. Yep. We'll see you with that. If that plays out the way Jimmy Butler wants it to tonight, 8.30, Wolves and Rockets. We spent the majority of the first half of our show, almost like the first two hours of our show, going over the public comments of Glenn Taylor, Jimmy Butler, and Bernie Lee, Butler's agent. They've all given interviews in the last couple days, either to newspapers or to, in Glenn Taylor's case, to Chad Hartman on the radio. And just to sum it up, if you're just joining us, Glenn Taylor essentially refused to call the season a success yet. He wants to wait and he wants to wait when it comes to discussing Tom Thibodeau's future, too. I mean, he's he's saying, hey, expectations were high. We're not really sure you know, what to make of this thing yet. Almost the way that you would talk about someone that you're on the verge. Like, you have to decide on a contract or something, Yeah, which right? you don't. He's uh, got, what, th- three years left on his contract for two. Yes. So he, he also, has to make that decision. Right. He also brought up that Jimmy Butler, he wants Jimmy Butler to recruit veteran players this offseason, to which Butler's agent took issue to that and other things, saying that's not Butler's job, which, yeah, it is. In today's NBA, absolutely it is. But it's like they're kind of chirping at each other back and forth, the agent for Butler and Glenn Taylor in the media during a playoff series. And Jimmy Butler to the Chicago Sun-Times openly questioning his teammates' desire to win. Just part of that quote is uh, Butler saying, I don't think there's been many people that have understood how important winning is to me. I just had a conversation about that very thing with somebody. Not important who, but I put so much into this game and I only play to win. I don't play for any individual stats or accolades. And at times I get lost in how everyone else is not built the way that I'm built. And the same for Tom Thibodeau. And then he goes on to complain about young guys in the league, which is Wiggins and Towns. Mm -hmm. So we brought Doogie in for a lengthy scoop session. And we discussed not only this stuff, but stuff that maybe he's hearing behind the scenes. Let's uh, let's play a, a lengthy clip from that segment early in the show. I'll say this much. Being at games three and four, I found it interesting, fascinating, however you want to describe it. The amount of people that sought me out within the organization to just spew whatever. It's just to suggest, put it this way, to suggest it's a cohesive bunch, that organization, to think that they're holding hands singing Kumbaya is laughable bad leadership there is a lot of disconnect now where do you want to begin on that should tom thibodeau know the names of people on the business side on the marketing side there may be some people listening saying no why win games he won games who cares but there are people upset that he alienates himself there's a big wall up he's got his guard up constantly he always appears to be grumpy Now, I'm telling you, on the surface, you go from 31 wins to 47. Now, maybe they should have won more last year. But even if they had won 37, you get to 47. Butler and Taj Gibson to the damn roster. You get to 47 wins. 
You sell out the building 16 times. The TV ratings go up 78%. And again, that's from rock bottom a year ago. But still, the TV ratings go up 78%. There should be a ton to celebrate, right? Just on the surface. Yes, but You it, look yeah, at those sure. things. Yeah. But I'm telling you, there is so much angst. And I'm telling you, disconnect behind the scenes. I'll also offer this much up. If they had lost to Denver in the regular season finale, I don't know if it would have been Tibbs's head that would have rolled, but there was going to be something that was going to happen. I'm just telling you, I have that from multiple angles. It never got to like that a front point. office person, Doogie. Maybe or what? I mean, what are we talking? You know, about? maybe you bring in somebody to be the president of operations. You strip that title away from Tibbs. All right, that's Alan, more. Alan Horton gets the. That's act. more yeah. conjecture or opinion <laughs> from my standpoint. I don't have okay, it so from that standpoint. So, I'm just telling you, my sense, my strong sense is if they had lost to Denver, yep. something was going to happen. So ba- based on uh, Glenn's comments uh, in recent days, then, if the Wolves, which they probably will, lose to the Rockets tonight, mm-hmm. is Tibbs potentially in trouble here? I don't think he is. Okay, because I find it very intriguing that the owner, with multiple years left on a contract, basically says the evaluation is coming and I'm not there yet. To publicly come out and say that is very odd unless it's an expiring contract a la Chuck Fletcher. I think Glenn has a lot of questions for Tibbs on court, off court. I'm actually led to believe that Glenn has asked Tibbs a number of these questions a couple different times in one-on-one settings the last couple months, just trying to figure out after how long has Tibbs been here now? Two years? Mm -hmm. Glenn is still trying to figure out why Tibbs is the way he is. Now, my comeback to that is Tibbs is what now, 60 years old? Yeah, He's been the same guy. He's the same guy. So that's not necessarily Tibbs' fault. Did Glenn talk to people in the Chicago organization when he made the decision to hire Tibbs? Don't forget, it was Corn Ferry, the search firm, who led the charge on Glenn needing to hire somebody to do both roles. I don't know if Glenn went into the process thinking, I'm going to hire one person to be the president of operations and my head coach. It was Corn Ferry, the search firm. Enough with search firms. Just stop it. Not just the Wolves. Everybody. Thank you, Mark Coyle. I love you, Mark Coyle. You don't use search firms. Thank you. Enough with search firms. Yes. But it was the search firm, Corn Ferry, that led that charge. But Tibbs is who he is. He won this way in Chicago. Tibbs, all of a sudden, isn't going to change who he is. But I think Glenn is still trying to figure out, two years in, why does Tibbs act the way he acts. Then on the court, I can promise you, you know, Glenn loves Ricky Rubio. Glenn had to be convinced for them to move Ricky. Look at how happy Ricky is. Look at how well he is playing. Look at how good Utah is. The way Utah plays with Ricky Rubio. I guarantee Glenn is asking why. Why did we trade Ricky Rubio? You look at Shabazz Muhammad last night. Yeah. Helping Milwaukee. I heard this on a podcast this week. I think it was on uh, the Ringer NBA show. Mm -hmm. Ricky Rubio looks like a happy samurai fighter. (laughs) Like the high man, bud. It's true, though. He's been incredible. You know, and then you give Jeff Teague $5 million more. Like, you couldn't have used that $5 million. Now, to me, the way Tibbs wants to play, I said it at the time. I still feel this way. Jeff Teague is a better fit. But if you're the owner, you're wondering why you couldn't make Ricky Rubio work here. Shabazz Muhammad, he had to be convinced on Derrick Rose. Now, Rose has played well, but there are on-the-court questions Glenn has. For but but I'm he, telling you, the behind-the-scenes stuff, this, this, the disconnect, Glenn is wondering about it, that, too. Is the inherent problem... This is why I have no confidence 
You shouldn't have confidence. If you're Based on everything I've been told, have, you shouldn't have confidence. If I hire you for uh, the most key position possible in my organization, and two years in, I want to sit down and say, Doogie, why are you do- doing these things? It's my fault. That's my fault, not yours. That's fair. And so I'm okay so, with that. So, but all yeah, of this. Yeah, Glenn's not off the hook here. Right, right. But all of this, Butler and Tibbs v. Glenn, Butler v. Young Players, all of this goes back to is there somebody who can come downstairs or is there an adult here who can say, let's solve it? Because players being un- unhappy about things is nothing new, been going on forever. And the scary or the sad thing here is the answer is no. The answer is no. Glenn Glenn can't solve it. Glenn is wondering why Tibbs is the, the way Tibbs is two years in. My God, this is. Let me say this. Uh, this is first of all. I am mainlining this right now. This is amazing. This is like. This oh, is this pop, is bro. to me. I don't know. I can't speak for the listeners, but to me, this is one million times more fascinating than the playoff series. The end is one hundred percent is coming. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes tonight. tonight. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, the point spread is what twelve. I actually might take the Wolves plus really? all those points. Maybe they lose by eight or nine. But tonight, Jimmy but the Butler end is going to firing for sure. Yeah, I mean um, the end is inevitable. So who cares what takes place on the court? I'm telling you, I am way more intrigued by the off the court yes. drama. But like this is this is everything that happened in Chicago on repeat with just different pieces. I mean, it's like it's front office versus in this case, Tom Thibodeau just has more power. But it's friction. It's it's a it's a a grind it style of leadership that doesn't last long and and I would even go so far as to say that it's a style of leadership that wrecks an organization after enough time like it's been 2 years maybe it takes 3 or 4 years to completely wreck it but this is a there's zero chance in my mind Tom Thibodeau makes it to the end of his contract so can you I mean, do you want to go all in even further? Do you trade Andrew Wiggins for Kawhi Leonard and just grind it one year and see if you can get to the NBA Finals with Butler, Cat, and Kawhi Leonard? Well, why then, are the Spurs making that deal, first off? Well, Kawhi has one more year left in his deal. He and does, if he doesn't want but to if play the there, Spurs put Leonard on the table, they can do a lot better than Andrew Wiggins. You're probably right. I mean, you'd have to give up other pieces. You'd have to trade Gorgie yes. for some pieces and, and slow And you over. talk about, I'm just playing devil's advocate, you talk about wrecking an organization... Those who are close to Tibbs will tell you this organization was already wrecked. Well, of course it is. Yeah. Look at the last 14 years. Of course. Yes. So you can't keep doing things the way you were doing them. It didn't work. So while Tibbs might be really hard to get along with, he puts that wall up. Let him do his thing. He just won 47 games. He knows what he's doing to win games. That would be the comeback. And I, and I would come back to that, and I would. I'm not trying to say that what Tom Thibodeau brings is entirely worthless. Like his presence brought Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson, and the team is amazing. But now that you have the roster the way that it is, and the ability to make some tweaks, maybe you can maybe you can move that Gorgie contract for some better three point shooting, Ooh, whatever it is. Best whatever of luck. it is. All right, I'm just saying. Like, and I've told you, I know you, teams who like Gorgie, but nobody likes the contract. I'm saying if you brought in Brad Stevens, Quinn Snyder, any number of coaches that I personally perceive to be better. You wouldn't grind to 47 wins even with Jimmy Butler out. Like the Celtics, look at the Celtics without two of the best players in the NBA. You can't tell me that Tom Thibodeau is one of the best coaches in the league when they have a bottom five defense the last two years. And even though they're a top five offensive efficiency team, the way that the the process to get there is so broken and flawed and ugly. And his reliance on players he's familiar with, instead of being able to take other players that he isn't previously familiar with and making them better or bringing them in and empowering them in some way. Like, there's so many red flags. And the hard part is, despite those red flags, 
they went to the playoffs for the first time in 14 years and won 47 games, and it's very nuanced and conflicting. Correct. Now, I had David Thorpe, former ESPN NBA analyst. He used to train Joe Kim Noah, Kevin Martin, Corey Brewer. He's been around the NBA game for a really long time. I recorded a conversation with him for the Scoop podcast last night, so it's available right now. And he agrees with you. He thinks you could have brought in any coach. Now, credit to Tibbs, the president of operations, I guess, for executing the Butler trade. But with the roster, the way it was set up, that you could have brought in just about anyone, and they were winning that many games. So what? what is the uh, Butler-Towns d- dynamic right now, too? I'm curious about that one. Because clearly, the Bernie Lee quotes definitely refer to Andrew and Carl without coming out and saying their names. And the Wiggins thing does not surprise me one bit, Doogie. But what is the dynamic between where Butler clearly thinks that he's paving a way or showing Towns how to do things, and he's not seeing the return that he expects? Well, on the Butler side, yes. I think Butler is still trying to figure out, do I want to be here long term? Can I win with this being the core? With Towns. He's thinking the same thing Tibbs is. With Wiggins. And that, to me, might be the most interesting part of this is Jimmy can be a free agent next summer, July 2019. All right? If I'm with you, Phil, I don't see Tibbs making it to the end of the five years. So when do you make the move? Let's say they miss the playoffs next year, which could happen. I think the Lakers will make a jump up. You know, maybe Oklahoma City jumps down, but the West will still be a grind Yeah, next year. All right? Let's say they miss the playoffs. Well, then you cut the cord, right? You'd absolutely have to cut the cord on Tibbs, but then you're pretty much guaranteed to lose Jimmy. Like, Jimmy and Tibbs, much like Jimmy and his agent Bernie Lee, Bernie Lee's in that circle, too. I mean, it needs to be mentioned. I mean, Bernie I mean, thinks Tibbs is God, okay? He just but does. It, but if winning is Jimmy Butler's number one priority, he's not going to win a championship, in my mind, with Tom Thibodeau as his coach. Well, so. and he might come to that realization, but I'm just telling you, it's a guarantee that Jimmy leaves if Tibbs gets fired. So, all right, that was from earlier in the show. Thanks to Doogie for hanging out with us for a little extended scoop session. And on cue... Right now, Tom Thibodeau speaking to the media in Houston. We're going we're gonna to check with uh, Jace Frederick when we come back here from the Pioneer Press. But here's a quote from Tom Thibodeau. We have, uh, we have to have a belief we can do it. We have to have an intensity that we can do it. We can get it done. Intensity is not the reason why you're down three games to one to the Rockets. Math is why you're down three games to one to the Rockets. He wants to grind it out. That's what he's always going to say. But as long as he thinks that intensity is the gap between them and the Rockets, then this team is 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 always going to have this sort of cognitive dissonance. Yes, right. they will. Let's come back, keep this conversation going. We'll bring in Wolves beat writer Jace Frederick from TwinCities.com and the Pioneer Press from Houston. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Sometimes they're misguided, and sometimes it's all a bunch of hot air and, and an excuse to get drunk. Mackey and Judd. Do not like to be told by their elders how things used to be and how things used to be better. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Timberwolves. I don't think disappointing is the word. I just think that we know that we can be better and we have to do better. But uh, it's not over yet. It's still the first person to, to four, first team of four. Um, we just got to go and... Um, Get one here in Houston. All right. Wolves down three games to one. We've gone very heavy on Wolves drama, maybe some internal, and even just like flat-out strife that's out in the open, too, with 
uh, with all the comments lately here from Glenn Taylor, from Jimmy Butler, his agent. Jace Frederick has a great piece on TwinCities.com and the Pioneer Press, sort of taking what Glenn Taylor told our friend Chad Hartman and uh, and then getting some comments from Jimmy Butler's agent. So, you know, I guess, Jace, let's just start with this. You're in Houston. It feels like this should be a much more celebratory vibe on the on the surface, right? Like first playoff appearance in 14 years, and even if they're going to get beat by the Rockets, like it's an upward trajectory. But there just seems to be so much dissonance, whether it's with the players or Tom Thibodeau and Glenn Taylor. It's a really, really fascinating dynamic right now. I just want to start by whoever whoever cut up that all right Timberwolves is my hero because when he all said right, that after the Denver game, it was hilarious. And to hear that again was music to my ears. Um, it's as excited as Tom Thibodeau has ever been in his life, right there. <laughs> I mean, like if anybody didn't hear, I mean, literally these fans are like, "Oh, all right, Tom," you yep. know, behind the press conference, and then Tom comes in with, "All right, Timberwolves," <laughs> <laughs> and that qualifies as Tom being very excited, Jace. Uh, like over the moon excited. Yep. Uh, yeah, but I, I agree with you, Phil. Uh, yeah, you just look at it from like big picture uh, purposes. You know, I mean, they they won 16 more games this year. They won 47 games. It's not like they came in with like a sub 500 record and snuck into that eight seed. They, you know, they have a bona fide probably top 10, 15 player in Jimmy Butler. They've they've built a decent core around him. I mean, you could say that had he not got hurt, they probably would be like the number three seed right now. In in all aspects, this looks like a good season. That one injury is just going to kind of cut it off a little earlier than it should have. Um, so you'd think this would be promising and fans would be excited about it and maybe disappointed that it's going to end in the first round, but generally feeling positive, but that's just not the case. And, you know, we've talked about the reasons why before. I mean, like, I, I think a lot of it comes down to, like, people just don't seem to like Tom Thibodeau very much um, from the fans anyway. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know if, he, like, if that's kind of turned people off. I don't know if, I don't know, just kind of the lack of defense and, I guess, perceived effort that comes with that has turned them off. But it's it's just been totally negative uh, so much so much of the time, which is a little bit surprising when you see a team that, that has improved this way and, and just at least just purely results-wise uh, seems to have taken a really nice step in the right direction. So, Jace, is from your piece today, um, is the Jimmy Butler camp, are they are they upset with Glenn or are they trying more so to defend Tibbs? Um, well, I think on the injury front, uh, they were a little surprised to see Glenn a even like talk about it because you know like Jimmy thing like they it's kind of not exactly like all of the details you know have been put out there in the public. I mean, just like we don't you know exactly what was the case with Denise there. I don't really know, but uh, they have said you know like like so often it's framed with meniscus tears that either you remove the thing or you repair it. Um, and that's the case sometimes that they have been adamant that that was not the case here. There was no, there was no choice and it wasn't like, you know, it, wasn't like it was like a complete removal of it. And like, but, uh, so it just seems like Glenn was asked a question like, Hey, he had to choose between removing it and repairing it. And what'd you think about his decision? And Glenn just kind of answered it. Um, and I think they're like, well, that's not what happened. And Glenn just kind of brushed it off. Like, yeah, I'm comfortable with his decision. Like there was a decision to be made. So I think when, when the owner kind of, almost aids in misrepresenting something i think that they're a little bit upset there um but just in terms of like the tibbs stuff you know i i think they you know we know jimmy's a, a tibbs fan uh he's he's defended tibbs many many times this year and i think they say they kind of have that bigger picture look like hey look at the strides we've made you know we've done some good things this year tibbs has done some good things with this roster um yeah i think that's kind of it yeah a little bit of coming to, to Tibbs' defense in, the, in that sense. You know, there's one thing that Butler's agent 
that that he said to you and, and people go go read the article twincities.com if you want the the full quotes from from Jimmy Butler's agent who's frustrated with Glenn Taylor speaking publicly on a couple things and one thing he took issue with is Glenn Taylor's assertion that Jimmy Butler's going to have to be a recruiter this offseason and help the Wolves find veteran players that they can add to the roster and maybe for maybe take less money than they ordinarily would. And and the quote from your piece was, that's not Jimmy's role. I don't think that's something Jimmy should be responsible for. He should be responsible for trying to become the best player he possibly can and try to help this organization win as many games as possible. And I, and I call BS. In today's NBA, look back the last five or six years. Dwayne Wade recruited LeBron James. James Harden recruited Chris Paul. Paul Pierce recruited KG. I mean, like, if you're not trying to play that game, to say that it's not your responsibility, I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not in your job description as a player, but if you want to get a really good complimentary three-point shooter, like, be on the phone. You know, go go behind the scenes and do a little extra. Not that Jimmy's not willing to, but I thought the assertion by his agent that that's not Jimmy's job, I thought that was off base. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, and no, I don't know 100% for sure on this and on exactly why um, he kind of shot that theory down because I, I do think there's absolutely Jimmy will do that if needed and, and make phone calls and whatnot. I mean, I think he did that even last summer. Uh, but I think just the idea is that, that should the owner be putting kind of that pressure almost like by throwing it out there like, well, we'll, we'll rely on Jimmy to get those guys. Like should, should then the pressure be put on Jimmy to where if they don't get those guys, people are like, oh, maybe these yeah. people don't like Jimmy Butler. You know, like, sure. um, it was kind of up to Jimmy, and he failed. You know, I mean, these like, your star player can be an aid to it, but it still is more based on the organization, and they have to put something out there, and they have to, you know, they're the ones who are going to be pitching more of the presentations and whatnot and, and making the phone calls, and, and the player can make a phone call, too, but they're just a piece of it. You know, they aren't, like, the they're not the bulk of the reason why someone's coming or not, or at least it probably shouldn't all be on their shoulders. So I think maybe that was kind of part of it. When Glenn throws it out there as like, well, we're going to rely on some on Jimmy's communications. They're like, whoa, like, yeah, Jimmy will communicate, but uh, don't put this all on him. Like it's not whether Jimmy fails or Jimmy succeeds in getting guys here. So Jace, uh, Glenn is talking about Tibbs and, and his uh, status with at least one playoff game left. Uh, the Butler camp is talking to you and, and certainly not pleased about certain things. What is your sense, as a guy who's been around this team all year, what is your sense of how how dysfunctional things feel or or truly are? Because it does seem weird that this would be the point in time that this stuff is coming out. What's your sense of potential dysfunction here? I just think there's just this year there were kind of like differing expectations, I think. I really think that like as soon as they got Butler in this offseason, uh, last offseason, and, and they got Jamal Crawford, Jeff Teague, Taj Gibson, Glenn Taylor really thought that okay, we're in a spot where we can compete for you know maybe even championships, like make a legitimate run at that starting now. I think, um, and when it hasn't gotten there as quickly as as he would have liked, um, I don't know. It just it, it seems like there's some disappointment that comes with that, and you know, like the other side of the ball with with Tibbs and 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 that kind of side of things. It's like, look, we won a lot of games. We made the playoffs in the competitive West. We're like two games away from being a three seed. It's not. I mean, like we made clearly, we made some progress here, uh, and and like if that progress isn't recognized, then it's a little frustrating. I think for that end and for Glenn's end, it's like, well, we should have been better than a number eight seed and getting bounced in the first round, you know. So it's kind of one of those things where like stats can almost like you can look at anything two different ways and have very differing opinions on it depending on the way you're looking at it. Um, and I do just think also, you know, like obviously his personality, um, you know, he's a little closed off, things like that. That can. That can rub people the wrong way. 
and and that probably has some impact, you know, in the workplace, whatever. Uh, but I don't I don't know if it's like dysfunctional. I don't know. Like I, I still think that I, mean, it's, I don't think dysfunction might be a little too strong, but there definitely have just been differing expectations, and I think people are kind of grasping with that. Um, you know, kind of just the two different views on it. Yeah. Hey, last question for you. I mean, there's, there's, a, we'll have you on again here because there's a million things to talk about. If they, especially if they lose tonight, and you can immediately start speculating on how they trade for LeBron James tomorrow. But I digress. How much would you trust Jimmy Butler's ability to stay healthy and play at a high level for like, like if, if, if in theory you were going to offer him a contract extension to try and get him to stick around? I don't know how comfortable I would feel signing Jimmy Butler for like $30 million a year when he's, you know, 32, 33 years old as you get further into that contract. When you look at the other track records of players who have played that hard both ends of the court who are approaching the age of 30, that's something that they're going to have to wrestle with, I would think, Jace. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that injury history is absolutely there, and, it, and it's got to be something that you consider and take into it because it's been, you know, a few different seasons now. Like, he. He's not played 82 games. I don't. I don't. I haven't looked lately, but it's been a while anyway. I mean, he's missed large chunks here in, in a few different seasons. But at the same time, you have a you know top 10, 15 guy in the NBA, an All NBA player on your team, and you probably have the chance to extend him here. We've seen throughout this franchise of dysfunction how hard it is to get these kind of guys, um, and you kind of got one for relatively small cost uh, this last summer, just in terms of how you can get All Star players. Do you let him go because you're nervous about an injury? Because somebody's going to pay him that money. Um, you know, so it, it is a risk. I, I mean, I, I personally think it's probably one worth taking because talents like this don't come around, and you don't you don't get talents like that under your control very often. Um, but it's definitely a factor. That injury history is definitely a factor that they'll have to you know they'll look at and consider. I'm sure. For sure. All right, Jace. Thanks, great Jace. stuff, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. All right, Jace Frederick from TwinCities.com and the Pioneer Press. I think dysfunction might be right. I agree. I think this might be flat out dysfunction. Mm-hmm. You you've got enough. If this was just the Butler camp and Butler, I'd say yeah, it's a player. All right, he's not he's not completely pleased. But I think when you've got the owner saying things about the coach, when you've got the coach with th- three years left on his contract and the coach's favorite player not happy. I think that that qualifies as dysfunction. Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap with uh, we we got a little more mockage to do too. Tom, we'll get to your call. Wrap up this Wolves conversation. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. Mackie and Judd. Be ready. On 1500 ESPN. It's true the casual Fridays are not enough, so sign your business up for the 28th annual Dress for LLS and enjoy casual Thursdays in May. Businesses across the state will come together in May to join LLS in the fight against blood cancers. And for a minimum of just $5, participants earn the right to dress casual or in a company theme. Thursdays in May, the top company will receive a bowling party at Park Tavern. For more info or to register, visit 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> All right, yes. All right, let's wrap our Wolves discussion here, 651-646-8255. Tom, you're on the Mackie and Judge Show. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, first, let me say the Wolves would not be where they're at without Jimmy Butler. I- Agreed. Yep. He's okay. awesome, yeah. That being said... And running the risk of being laughed out of the Twin Cities, or at least off your show, I don't think Jimmy Butler is the best player on a championship team. 
Yeah. I agree with that. I don't think completely. I mean, it, it totally depends on the makeup of the team because, like, like, Chauncey Billups was the best player on a championship team. But, like, no, your point, he's he's not LeBron James. Totally agree. He's not, and he's he's not going to be the best player on a Wolves team winning a championship or playing for one. And here's where, Judd, I absolutely agree it is dysfunction because it just goes crazy from here. I am convinced, and again, I might be laughed off your show, I am convinced that a lot of uh, Wiggins' problem is he has no idea how to play with Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler does virtually nothing to solve that problem. And they're not going to get rid of Jimmy Butler because the guy to do that is Thibodeau. But Thibodeau doesn't – and I've called you guys before and I've said this. I think Glenn Taylor is the root problem of virtually everything. But um, I'll, I'll hang up and let you go, but Jimmy Butler uh, – Cannot lead the team, I don't think, to a championship. So Tom brings up a lot of good points. Thank you, Tom, and, for calling. And I think, I believe that if this was done uh, in, in the correct way, what you could have is you could have Cat be the superstar. Not right now, but I think eventually you, you could have Cat be the superstar on a team that wins an NBA championship with Butler as the second best player. Cat's not ready. But he's not ready, and we're not going in that direction. Yeah, like and, if you put Butler with Anthony Davis, that's a championship yes. duo if the rest of the roster is great. And unfortunately, when, when it comes to trying to show Cat the ropes, I think Jimmy keeps saying, just watch what I do, man, and it'll be fine. That's not going to work. Well, but okay, so let me add to that. It will work if you have the right coach leader. You can, I think it's fine for players to be lead by action type guys. And Jimmy is ver, is verbose, and it's not like Jimmy's not like Joe Mauer, where he's mostly leading with his actions, and once in a while he'll you know oh, take Jimmy. some by the scenes. Yeah, I mean Jimmy's definitely vocal, but Jimmy has a hard time. I feel like I'm on a Seinfeld episode right now, speaking in the third person. But Jimmy has a hard time, I think, communicating without getting super frustrated with some of his younger teammates, which is where. Tom Thibodeau but, needs to be better in that department. You can lead with actions. You can lead I'll with words. Right a there, coach though. has to lead with both. Your, your your star player right now in Butler and Tibbs have the exact same problem. They want to talk about grit and toughness and grind it out and damn it, why don't you understand it? Yeah, and that's fine and for some, a player yeah. more than it is for a coach. But the coach needs to explain to Andrew and Carl, okay, I, I get what Jimmy's doing and it's a great thing, but here's what you need to do to be successful. And when star player and coach are the same guy, basically, now you've run into your problem. For sure. Um, we could take one more call on this here. 651-646-8255. If you want to throw him on hold there, Sin. There we go. The dude, what's going on? Hey, buddy, I just wanted to say real quick, uh, I think the, the the bottom line is the, the Timberwolves lead the league and I think, two-point shots take it. And yes. the, the league is transformed into a whole different generation of basketball. And, if Tom's not going to make the necessary adjustments, I don't beat this down all season long, but he's got to go. And I'm, I'm so thrilled to hear Glenn's, uh, his words this morning or yesterday. I think that's just breath of fresh air. I can't wait for tomorrow uh, when the season's over. Yeah. you're So you're actively rooting for like a 30-point drubbing tonight? I've been rooting for that for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's sad to say, but we, we need to make adjustments. And if our coach isn't going to make the adjustments, then we have to do something drastic, which is eat the $25 million and fire his ass. Well, he the, well he just was quoted as saying we have to have a belief we can do it. We have to have an intensity that we can do it. I really think maybe I'm coming around. Maybe intensity is the difference between it's the Rockets hockey. and the Wolves. It's not shooting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I got a tough time believing that really, but uh, it could be, I guess. 
It's a two-flask like game tonight. Adjustments. There's no adjustments made mid-game or after the game to prepare for the next game. It's just, this is bad, and I guess we got to change it. But nothing ever changes. Yeah. You got to grind. You got to want it. You got to want it. You got to want it. Thanks, the dude. Game four? Game Exactly game. what happened. Game five tonight. If they're more intense, they'll just be better, and magically we'll win the math game. I want to mock. Mock. I want to all right, boys. Yeah, the big guns, the big blogger guns. We had NFL.com earlier. Now we have TheBigLead.com, Jason McIntyre, Eve before the draft. We'll fly through this because we only have like a minute to go. He's got Cleveland taking Sam Darnold. He's got Saquon Barkley, number two, to the Giants. Josh Rosen to the Jets. Bradley Chubb to Cleveland. Josh Allen to Denver. He has Baker Mayfield to Miami at 11. It's very interesting. Really? Lamar Jackson to Baltimore at 16. And with the number 30 pick in the NFL draft, according to TheBigLead.com. Ooh. Ooh. Billy Price? No. Local offensive lineman. Interior from Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Frank Ragno. I want to mock. Mock. I want to that'd yes. be a quality pick you fill a need you get the meat and local potatoes guy. it's a local provincial angle which Sid we love would, Sid would love him yes I like it alright we're back tomorrow we are packed tomorrow Lou Nanny's gonna join the show what else do we have tomorrow Chip Scoggins hour one Greg Wyshynski at 11 talking twins with Roy Smalley big All wolves win stuff. big Colorado wolves win game five tonight celebrating yeah. a huge wolves, wolves intense performance Chips, coach yes. the air